0: And so the 2022 Qatar World Cup comes to a momentous and incredible end with Argentina being the champions uh, for the first time in over 30 years. Uh, Argentina are world champions for the first time in Lionel Messi's career. He wins the World Cup and for the first time since 2002, we have a non-European winner of the world cup uh i'm um, i'm anthony Lacascio and this is mr sitter and i have had one hour sleep uh i properly bended into watching the game sobered up for a few hours before watching it uh had a had a massive game uh you may be able to hear it in my voice that uh i'm uh um I'm, I'm i'm drained and uh i'm drained for a number of reasons i'm drained because of the aforementioned bender i'm drained because i uh I watched sixty-four matches of football in the last month, live, uh, and I couldn't be happier with my decision to have embarked on uh, on that on that mission. Um, and finally, I'm I'm exhausted because it was a engrossing, draining, and perhaps the greatest final of football in in any capacity that I have ever seen in my life, um, which is which is strange because finals very rarely live up to the billing. The The stakes are always so high that they are normally quite cagey affairs or a situation where one team is so clearly better than the other one that they kind of run away with it. Um, but this entire World Cup, from the beginning, wherein I lamented that the opening round of fixtures in the group stage wasn't great. Um, I, I, we, we didn't see any tremendous games didn't see any tremendous goals. We didn't see anybody really grab the tournament by the scruff of the neck in the first round, uh, and the only really super memorable result was, in fact, Saudi Arabia beating this Argentina team that went on to be the champions. So, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of Saudis are, uh, are proclaiming themselves to be the uh, the the real world champions right now. But nonetheless, this tournament just kept building. And building and building and the ultimate flutter, the ultimate crescendo was at the end. This game was, this game was astonishing. Um, it looked for, um, for all intents and purposes, to be quite uh, similar to that storyline of one team being so much better than the other one, until maybe about seventy odd minutes. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into too too much detail about this game because my assumption is that everybody listening or watching. Will have seen it. If you haven't, don't just watch the uh, extended highlights. Get you, get yourself uh, the uh, the mini match at least to to just be able to uh, appreciate the spectacle. Um, Argentina for for the bulk of the match outplayed France. They outmaneuvered them uh, tactically. Lionel Scaloni kicked Didier Deschamps' ass. Uh, I think. When, when, when a few of us that were watching it saw Di Maria in the starting lineup, um, I, I certainly thought, oh, I think this is a mistake, but clearly we were proven to be totally wrong because he surprised France by putting Di Maria on the on the left wing, which he very rarely has played in his career, uh, to take advantage of the fact that Dembele leaves Kunde completely isolated, um, and Kunde doesn't exactly have the pace that, for example, Teo Hernandez does. But Teo Hernandez was was horrendous in this game, um, as were a lot of the French players. Now there are rumors swirling around that there's a virus going through the team, that a lot of the starting eleven players uh, for France had a virus. Um, it certainly looked to be that way for most of this match, because um, you know Argentina went two 0 up. In quite rapid succession, the uh, Di Maria wins the penalty, gets fouled by Dembele. Messi just tucks it away, and then Di Maria himself scores. What is possibly my favorite goal of this entire tournament? Just delicious one-touch passing, Messi outside of the foot pass to um, to Alvarez, first-time pass to um, the on-running McAllister, and then McAllister first-time absolutely sumptuous through ball for Di Maria to first time finish amazing and then from there on like France didn't have a shot until the 70th minute or something um Deschamps realized that he had been uh, erroneous in his decisions and I, I dare say Giroud probably was one of the ones suffering from the virus because I don't know if it was I don't know if it was it seemed like a panic decision when he made two subs on 40 minutes in the first half He took off Giroud and he took off Dembele. I think it was a a correct call to take off Dembele. And he put on Colin and Marcus Taram, which which worked a treat against Morocco. But let's remember that they were up 1-0 when he did that against Morocco. This seemed to be a um, a panic button decision and it didn't bear any kind of fruit until a little bit later when, inexplicably, Colin made a run through the defense and Nicolas Otamendi grabbed the fuck out of his titty and pulled him down and it was a penalty which Mbappe dispatched quite easily and we had a game on our hands and all of a sudden from the brink of death France the the reigning world champions still had some fight left in them to the point where Messi of all people loses the ball Kingsley Coman takes it off him plays it to Rabiot who was quite anonymous for most of the game Rabiot plays an excellent through ball to Mbappe chests it down Passes it for the 1-2 with Marcus Turam. And then hits the most electric, aggressive, furious, intentful volley that Emmy Martinez could do nothing about. And all of a sudden the game is 2 all. Argentina looked like a total spent force at the end of 90 minutes. And thankfully they were able to catch their breath and go again in extra time. To the point where they broke the deadlock again. Um, scoring to make it 3-2 Messi. Uh, very scrappy goal, just crossed the line. Thank God for goal line technology. Thank God for Frank Lampard and his ghost goal in 2010 uh, because we we were able to celebrate. I mean, we were all wanting Argentina to win uh, among the group that I was watching it with and I assume among everybody in the world that isn't a French. So Argentina go 3-2 up again. And then somehow, some way, France got back into the game. Uh, corner, outside of the box shot. From, I think it might have been Mbappe. And it hit Montiel on the arm. Penalty. That boy Mbappe scores again. A hat-trick in a World Cup final. Nobody's ever done that before. To score a hat-trick in a World Cup final and still lose. Absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Uh, and you'd, you'd assume that that would have been it for the moments, but it wasn't. There were so many chances for, I mean, Messi was making stuff happen every interval. Uh, There were moments when he looked like he was a spent force and then he just came to life and created something, took an absolutely bullet-worthy shot at Hugo Lloris, which admittedly it was right at him, but it still had to draw quite a fine save out of him. Uh, And then there was a moment where uh, one of my mates decided on 120 minutes to go and take a shit because he didn't want to miss any of the penalties, and he very nearly missed... Uh, a winner, a late winner uh, from from uh, both teams. Uh, there was a moment where Colin Mulani broke through one-on-one, took the shot, and Emmy Martinez makes what I think will be uh, appointed the save of the tournament with his foot, uh, which launched a counterattack from which Argentina almost scored, but Lautaro Martinez took a pretty fucking horrendous header. And that was it. We go to penalties. Both teams elected to have their their talismans start the penalty shootout, uh, and both of them scored. Mbappe and Messi. And Messi's penalty was was something quite special because it was pretty tame, but he just gave the keeper the eyes. And as soon as he saw Hugo Lloris veer to his left, he just like passed it to his right, and and there was no there was no stopping it. Uh, and then Kingsley Coman had his penalty saved by the effervescent. Uh, Emmy Martinez, who goalkeeper of the tournament, one of my favorite footballing stories of the last couple of years, from absolute obscurity to national hero, he is. I am going to say it every single bit as important to this victory for Argentina as Lionel Messi is. He was absolutely instrumental in winning the penalty shootout against the Netherlands. He's made some phenomenal saves throughout the games, uh, not not least of which the Colin Mouani, uh penalty uh, and chance. Colomwani incidentally scored his penalty uh, quite well for France. Uh, the only one who kind of stepped up and I, I thought he was really quite good. Uh, he was a good introduction. He came on and he, um, he made an impact. You can't deny that Marcus Teron was totally anonymous, but Colomarani, Randall Colomarani was, uh, was good. So hats off to that guy. So Kings of Coman had his penalty saved. And then unfortunately, Aurelian Tromeni Hit his penalty just wide, and they won it. Argentina delivered the World Cup to Messi uh, and to and to the people of Argentina, and it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, Montiel scored the winning penalty, uh, ha- gaining redemption for his uh, handball, which gave away the the penalty to make it three uh, three. I always like to see an obscure fullback. Uh, scoring the winning penalty in situations like this—it reminds me of Fabio Grosso in 2006. You know, you know, I could only go ten minutes without talking about the 2006 World Cup. But I have to say, guys, honestly, uh, I I haven't really digested the full fallout from this World Cup. I am going to do an episode that I will release on Wednesday, which is going to be basically an entire um, postpartum for this World Cup. But I I can I can quite confidently say that this is at least my second favorite World Cup of my entire lifetime and it was punctuated by, by this final. It had everything, the drama, the action, the goals, the standout talismanic performances from two players, one on each team who just refused to allow the other team to walk away with it. Mbappe did... Quite the carry job this morning. He, um, it's a shame for him because, yeah, again, the only player in history to score a, a hat trick in the World Cup final, and somehow he still loses. It's quite, it's quite cruel for him. But man, he's been in, he's been in two World Cups, and he's been in the final both times, and he's won one, and he's twenty three. He is going to be just an absurdly successful and effective player over the next decade, and he's he's genuinely a pleasure to watch. I hope I genuinely hope that he is not the fuckhead that he seems, but you know, there's he's a twenty-three year old kid. No matter who you are or how powerful a footballer you are, when you're when you're twenty-three you're you're still a kid. So here's here's hoping. Uh he looked so dejected when he claimed his uh top scorer award, the, the golden the golden boot, uh, and then had to pose for photos with an elated Lionel Messi holding his player of the tournament. Golden Glove winner Emmy Martinez, who when he won the Golden Glove award, marched across the podium and then like put it on his dick and beck, like because it's a glove, he like put it on his dick and like beckoned that he had a hand growing out of his crotch, I think, which just kind of, it just kind of encapsulates the character that he is, and also, um, you know, he's a bit of a fucking grub, and this 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 illustrated it as much as anything. And then of course Enzo Fernandez, who was, I'm not sure if he was a deserving winner of the young player of the tournament, you'd probably give it to him. Uh, I think Aurelian Tromeni, Jude Bellingham, um, uh, Unahi from Morocco could have been worth it, Guardiol, uh, but I think it is fair to give an award like that to a player that wins the World Cup. Uh, Alvarez would have been worth it too, I think. I think he probably would have been just behind. But Enzo Fernandez was absolutely immense, and kudos to him. Uh, he has been in European football for five months. He signed for signed for Benfica from River Plate just just in the recent transfer window. He was linked with Juventus for a little while, uh, didn't come to pass, and now he is going to be a stupidly expensive player, uh, and he's going to have a wonderful career as well. Uh, they made Messi wear some kind of. Like weird long vest. I don't know if that's a Qatari thing or a Middle Eastern. Th- I don't know what it is. Um, I'll look into it to find out to let you guys know. Um, but he and and he kind of made it look weird. Like he looked like he was wearing a dress when he lifted the World Cup, and that will be the forever image. But he's not going to give a fuck. Argentina not going to give a fuck, uh, and we're not going to give a fuck because. He's deserved to win this award. He's deserved to win this trophy for his entire career. He came agonizingly close in 2014, um, but they've done it. And what Lionel Scaloni, who was Messi's teammate in the Argentina squad in 2006, has been able to do since being hired uh, to, to replace Jorge Sampaoli as the full-time Argentina coach since 2018, Uh, Honestly, due to a a real lack of budget, um, they couldn't afford to hire anybody of a better name. Uh, He galvanized this team around the idea that they had potentially the greatest player of all time in there and that they all needed to lay down their lives to support him. And that idea has just shone through in this tournament to the point where, you know, a weaker team in terms of identity in terms of mentality would have absolutely crumbled after losing that game to south uh, to south to south arabia to saudi arabia um, and they didn't they grew from strength to strength uh, a lot of people were saying that it was eerily reminiscent of spain losing to switzerland in their first game of the 2010 world cup before going on to romp the entire tournament i don't i don't quite want to make those parallels because Argentina did not quite dominate this tournament the way Spain did that one. But nonetheless, they did it. They lost their opening game to to, to a very, very unheralded uh, opponent and they still came through, won every single game for the rest of the tournament and they are worthy winners. Um, I, I love Alexis McAllister and I think that... Uh, I think that Argentina owe both the club of Brighton and Hove Albion, but specifically Graham Potter, a big, big vote of thanks because he he might well have been at least the second best midfielder that Argentina produced in this tournament uh, next to Enzo. He was amazing, uh, and he can do it all in midfield. So he goes back to Brighton and Hove Albion, uh, a world champion, a world cup winner, which is quite, which is quite astonishing. Uh, and he, he's super young and he's going to have quite the career too. Rodrigo de Paul was excellent today as uh, as the messy, uh, guardian role. He was absolutely everywhere. He was falling over and pissing people off and getting fouled and being fucking nuisance. And he, he's amazing. I, I, I actually love Rodrigo de Paul. He's been up and down in this tournament, but he's, a uh, He's a kind of cult hero of Serie a for the last five years or so, even though he's, he's obviously playing for Atletico Madrid now. Um, loved him. Uh, Otamendi, my mate, my mate uh, has quite openly stated that he believes that you can't win a World Cup with Otamendi in your team. Uh, clearly, he's been proven wrong here, but uh, he is, the, the, the claim is not without merit because Otamendi, a little bit of a liability for most of the tournament, and indeed, without him basically ripping Colin Mouane's fucking chest off. Uh, France didn't even get back in this game. you got to credit France. Um, if they were sick, full credit to them. And if, if you had told me on 60 minutes when they had had zero shots that they would bring it to penalties and it would end 3-3, uh, I would have been absolutely flabbergasted. And I was absolutely flabbergasted at, at what ended up transpiring. So... Full credit to France, full credit to Argentina. It was, it was the best final that I've ever seen in my life. Um, we, we have been privileged to watch this tournament. Uh, I don't know what the fallout is going to be from the Qatar World Cup in terms of legacy, because it will probably forever be marred by the, the issues with migrant workers and, of course, inclusivity uh, LGBT, um, ramifications and, and, and all, and all of that stuff. And that's a big shame because the football has been excellent. Much to my surprise, the football has been fantastic. I actually think there might be some, um, there might be some credit to be given to playing the world cup in the middle of the club, uh, the club season, because the players were extraordinarily sharp and fresh. And they had not just finished a grueling season, uh, so I think this might be something worth revisiting in the future. But we'll we'll chat about that on Wednesday, and we'll we'll chat about all of the Qatar permutations on Wednesday, and we'll chat about uh, who stood out in this tournament. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a whole bunch of um, you know aw- not awards, but uh, you know I'm gonna do my team of the tournament, I'm gonna do my coach of the tournament, I'm gonna do my uh, disappointments of the tournament, goal of the tournament, etc., etc. So, make sure you tune into that one. Uh, I I will acknowledge and apologise for my almost complete lack of energy today, but I think you can understand and you can forgive, and you may even enjoy this tone and this um this frequency of of speech better. In which case, leave a comment and implore me to get mind blowingly drunk. Uh, before I do any other podcast episodes here on out, uh, as you'll notice, I am I'm not wearing a jersey if you're watching, uh, and I'm also not working off show notes. I I keep looking at the uh, like I'm I'm looking at my laptop and I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at Audacity and and my voice going up and down and 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 being shocked at how low I can keep it. I don't have notes. I'm going off the cuff today, and I'm not doing gimmickry with with the jersey because I just want to acknowledge. What a miraculous and amazing final we saw, and just give justice to my immediate thoughts on that. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this World Cup as much as I did. I I put in the fucking hard yards, and I watched 64 episodes of Football Live in the last month. I'm pretty happy to not watch club football for a little while. Uh, the Premier League does start on Boxing Day, though, so... Who knows, I am of course a sucker for punishment If you haven't seen it, please get around to watching it Because uh, yeah, it's, it's the greatest final of all time uh, this has been Mr. Sitter. I will catch you guys on Wednesday. I'm gonna take tomorrow to prepare and to and to put together the episode, and I will probably record it tomorrow and then have it set for release on Wednesday morning, so you can you can all enjoy it. Then, um, if you've enjoyed this this slate of episodes. Uh, please stick around because I'm going to still be doing weekly uh, or episodes twice a week moving forward, talking about club football and then, of course, uh, profiling various funny uh, events and um, people in football history. So if you like that, stick around and tell your mates, tell your mates that it's a fun time. This has been Mr. Sitter. I'm Anthony Lacascio, Vamos Argentina. Hala. Uh, messy as they say in the old country and um yeah god bless football